everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Before we get started, we have big news. Happy Halloween. No, (laughs) that's not the news. Spooktacular. No, it's news that I don't think you know. Dateline just announced it yesterday. Oh, I'm a host. You're a host. Well, now you've just ruined it. Because it's obviously not one of us. Oh, is there a new host, though? There is a new host. Natalie. You got it. I did? Uh-huh. Is she taking someone's job or is she no. adding to the team? She's adding to the team. Oh. There will be five now. Dynamite. She's great. She's great. We love her. We got to meet her at a super secret thing last year and she couldn't have been nicer to us. So. So nice. We're very happy. But we do need a nickname for her. And I think we might have it already because I responded, we need a nickname. And we got two suggestions. But one I don't think is going to work. Ellie suggested Morales than enough. But I'm afraid that's stepping on Dennis. I think it might be stepping on the toes, but good effort. Yeah, good effort. And then Liz suggested the marvelous Ms. Morales. Oh, well, there we go. Which is pretty good. I have never seen that show. I haven't either. I haven't either. I hope it doesn't matter. I think she's very good, the character. Yeah, I think she's a hero. I think we're supposed to like her. Great. So we're going with that. Until we find out otherwise, that's our thing. Okay, that sounds good. Great job, Liz. Someone said she was known as Natmo. Natmo? Oh, that's cute. We could do that too. She can have a couple. She just needs a main one for merch. Yeah, she needs a main one for merch. And I like that for merch because we can do it in that font. That's got like that fun little cursive thing Mm -hmm. going. Mm -hmm. So I I like that. So the Marvelous Ms. Morales. Yeah. Great. That's That's our... Working title? Working title. That's the expression I was looking for. And if she wears mauve... Then it's even better. Then it would be the marvelous Ms. Morales. I'm anticipating her wearing mauve and being able to say that. It might take a couple months, but yeah, she'll have to wear it at least once. Eventually, she will be in mauve. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then it'll be good just for that one time, and then never again. Or every time. She has to always wear mauve. No, just like every time she is, and maybe she'll wear it more than expected. Okay. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Just so the joke will land. We need her to accommodate her wardrobe towards our jokes. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Oh, also, I did want to say shout out to Katie and our editor, Adam. They've been putting a lot of cutting room floor bits at the end. So I hope people are staying until the end. Because last time there were like a ton of them. It's like 10 extra minutes. Oh, there have been for the last, there have been for the last months. So if you've been missing out, you've been missing out. That's also Adam. I am making some suggestions on which things, but he's working it. And I think he's having fun with those end bits and they're really funny. So thank you. They even make me laugh and it's my voice and I hate the sound of my voice now. So so this episode is called Return to Shalimar Way. It was originally called Secrets on Shalimar Way from 2015. You know it? I do know it. Shalimar, is that a name of a perfume? Shalimar. I feel like it is and I feel like it's in a blue bottle. And Charlize Theron is in a bathtub with pearls. Definitely not Charlize there. Try Shalimar. No, I think it's more like Rosie Perez in a bathtub. Oh, okay, that's fine. I'm just thinking of that one perfume commercial with, with Charlize Theron. That's the only one I can think of. Oh, Charlize Theron. Yes, of course. She does the Dior ones. I, you said Charlize Theron and I thought Cameron Diaz. And I was like, Cameron Diaz doesn't do perfume ads. No. I literally transposed the two people in my head. Apologies to you. This episode aired on October 29th, 2000. 20. Forgot to say the last part of the year there. It is season 29, episode 10. 
another Andrea Canning. Twice in a row we've had an Andrea Canning. Super excited about that. Love a twofer. She's pregnant, though. Yes, she is pregnant in some of these clips. Yes, she's not pregnant now. So outside of Syracuse, New York, rich suburb. When I say rich, like rich. Do we call it a suburb? I feel like we call it an enclave. Mansion enclave. Yeah. Their house is 8,000 square feet. That is like 16 times bigger than my apartment. Do they have an indoor pool? Maybe. No, I saw an outdoor pool, I think. Do you think they had an indoor and outdoor? Maybe. Like Hearst Castle? Maybe. So this takes place in 2012. Dr. Robert, a.k.a. Bob Newlander, returned home and found his wife Leslie on the floor in the shower bleeding. And we hear the daughter, Jenna's 911 call. It's pretty tragic. She's screaming like, mommy, mommy. And I think we can definitely forgive the use of the word mommy under these circumstances. Because she doesn't start out saying it. She goes, my mother is on the, my, my mommy. And then you, it is the most raw emotion. Yeah. And it's honestly a little hard to listen to. And I didn't know why we were doing this episode after I heard that call. Because I was like, that ripped my heart out. Yeah. Yeah. Some people on Twitter thought she was involved. Some people on Twitter can sit on it because that's <laughs> non-sit-on-it posses. They, they're suspicious of the daughter. Did you? Did they hear the same call that I heard? Because it's rough. Do you know what anguish sounds like? Because that's what it is. That's anguish. Now, the cop who's the first responder, he recognized the doctor. He delivered his wife's baby. The doctor, Newlander, delivered this first responder's wife's baby. I realized that was unclear. Because a first responder could also deliver a baby. It was born early in an elevator or something. So he sees so much blood. It's all over the floor. It spatters up the wall. Also, her eye is swollen shut and black. And he's never seen anything like this from a fall in the shower. She is deceased. Her friend said it sounded so freaky, this accident. And Andrea's voiceover said, freaky for sure. Which Yora Lamb on Twitter thought should be the title of the episode. Oh. Freaky for sure. Freaky for sure. Freaky for sure. The cop calls his boss and said, come now, something's not right. Her body had been moved into the bedroom 50 feet from the shower. The medical examiner and lead investigator reviewed the scene and said the head wounds were why she bled so much, because head wounds bleed so much, a.k.a. Michael Peterson, a.k.a. it was an owl. That attacked Leslie. Talons. Done. There's our episode. Okay, bye everybody. So the medical examiner and the lead investigator, when they are there, do they assume that the paramedics have moved her body from the shower into the bedroom? No, I'm about to get to that. Bob, Dr. Newlander, says he moved the body to the bedroom to do CPR. I know you have questions about that. So do we. So... The ME said that her eye was so swollen because when you have a head injury on the right side, it bleeds into the left side and that eye swells shut. So apparently that's not that uncommon. So at the scene, the ME concludes that it was an accident. Let me repeat that because it bears repeating. At the scene, the ME decides that it was an accident. How often does that happen? I thought they had to bring them in just to... I mean, I guess they don't always do an autopsy. You don't always do an autopsy unless there's something suspicious and the family requests one. I don't think it's required necessarily. 
in it probably is in different areas. I don't know. But you especially wouldn't want one here, right? Because an autopsy takes time and they are. Well, they're Jews. They're my peeps. But some religions in like Judaism, I think, don't like autopsies. Well, because it takes time. I think there's another reason. It's like about mutilating the body. Okay, I understand that. So they don't really like that. So I'm guessing they wouldn't have requested one. But unless it was absolutely necessary that there be one. Okay, got yes. It. But you are correct. Jews, my peeps, we like to get the bodies in the ground as quickly as possible. So right. I have some questions about the services that I'm going to ask later. Okay. So Bob and Leslie were a force to be reckoned with. They had a powerful public persona. They were friendly. They were successful. They were rich. Did I mention they were rich? They had that huge house, and then they had another house in the Caribbean. You're supposed to say well off. I'm sorry. Wealthy, not rich. Is rich a non-PC term now? I feel like rich is what you call somebody with like a flashy yacht. They have a house in the Caribbean. So they're wealthy. They're well-to-do. This is very wealthy. This is extreme, extreme wealth. Extreme wealth. They are the point one percenters. Point zero 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 one percenters. Yeah. So Leslie, though, was unpretentious, which is kind of the best thing that you can say about someone. Yeah. Like, especially someone that is well-to-do is to say they're unpretentious. That's really, really makes you think a lot about her. She also is very pretty. All the pictures that we see of her, she seems, they talk about her smile and I'm not saying we don't always get it, but in this case, you really get it. You're like, oh no, she looks delightful. I would totally love to talk to her at a party. Yes, especially because she had a loud, thick New York accent. Especially because of that. That's fun. Bob was one of the top OBGYNs in the area and Leslie was a nurse, but then she was a stay-at-home mom. And they both worked with a ton of charities. Leslie had great friends, including her friend Mary, who incidentally enough had just recovered from an almost fatal fall. Leslie went to visit Mary and said, Bob also went, I should say. And Leslie said to Mary, it's amazing that so much trouble could come from one little fall. And Leslie's fall was two days later. So coincidence? That, I didn't put that together. Really? Her fall was only two days later? Yes, yes. Good Lord. She was still recovering at the time of the funeral. So is that a coincidence or did someone get an idea for something? Who? Who? An owl? <laughs> an owl. The owl got the idea. Who, who? Get, okay, never mind. <laughs> so, You're welcome. Leslie's friend, Terry, who's a nurse, goes to visit Jenna and Bob right after the death. And she, Jenna says, can you go make sure there's no blood in my mom's room? So Terry goes upstairs to try to be a good friend. And there's so much blood still. But what is very odd too, is that she says the housekeeper comes in and says she had been trying to get up the blood, but couldn't get rid of it. But Terry said there's so much blood, even after the housekeeper had tried to get rid of it, it's soaked through to the carpet and it's still spattered on the walls. I was like, what did this cleaning person do? But that's just how much blood there was. And also the housekeeper was very sad as well. She was distraught too. So the two of them are like on the floor trying to soak up all this blood. Terry is a nurse and she's shocked by the amount of blood that was there. So she thinks right away this might have been a murder. 
this is exactly what happened at the staircase, right? There was a tremendous amount of blood. Tremendous amount of blood. Yes. Was he a doctor too? Michael Peterson? No, he was an author. Oh, okay. So Terry then has to go downstairs and kind of pretend everything's normal and still comfort the family, even though she's A, probably covered with blood and B, has realized that there might be something terribly wrong here. So the local reporter that reports on this story is on the dateline. She also knows the family because literally everyone knows this family. Right. Bob, Dr. Newlander, and Leslie had been at a ceremony for her son. So right away, I was like, it's a bris. It's a bris, right? It totally has to be a bris. Nailed it. And then they say that they were doing Shiva for the for Leslie. And I was like, yay, they are my people. That was when I got excited. This is when I started having questions. Number one, can't, why can't they say bris on TV? I, th- I th- did think that was odd why they, they didn't say bris. ceremony. I mean, they could have just said circumcision. Instead of saying bris, because a lot of people don't know what a bris is, but they could have said circumcision. I think people know what a circumcision is. But then they would be like, why is it at the house? They might people might be like, why was the ceremony, the bris or the circumcision at the reporter's house instead of at the hospital by a doctor? Can it not be at a house? I think a circumcision is usually done at a hospital unless it's a bris and then it's at someone's house usually. I'm sorry, it's not the same thing? A bris is not the Hebrew name for circumcision? No, it's a whole ritual and it's done by a moil. It's like done by a trained professional, by a, a holy person and it is a whole ceremony and there's praying and there's food and drinks and the whole family comes. So he is a moil. No, so but he is a Jewish doctor. So I'm guessing he practiced maybe as a moil on the side. Like he could do that. I mean, he was delivering these babies. So that's what I'm asking. It kind of makes sense that they would want the same guy to do the snip snip. Got it. So then the family is sitting Shiva for Leslie. And okay, next question. How long do you sit Shiva for? And does it depend or is it always the same? I believe it's a week. Most things in Judaism are a week. Understood. So there's this other friend of Leslie's named Nevin who lives in the city, works at the Apple store, met Leslie at Starbucks. I want to talk about him a lot later. Twitter wants to talk about Nevin, too. Well, then maybe I don't want to talk about him. What do you, why? What do you want to say about Nevin? We just get some conflicting information from Nevin, and I would like it cleared up once and for all. We're told right now that they met at Starbucks because of her accent. We're told something very different later. When he says that he worked at the Apple store and she was a regular customer. When he said that they met at the Apple store. I rewound 10 times. He says two different things. I Okay, so the way he phrased it, because I was also extremely confused. I think, so he definitely says he was like... She was way in front of him in line at Starbucks and he heard her voice and that's when he met her. But then he says, I knew her from the Apple store or something where she was a regular and he worked there. So I think maybe after they met at Starbucks, she would come in and she had a lot of electronic problems. Why is she? Are you a regular in Apple store if you have like a normal amount of electronics that are not having problems? She must have a lot of faulty equipment. I'm so I'm supposed to know this. I don't know. I am so confused. How many times do you go to the Apple store? I only have one Apple product. You have 50, don't you? No. You have two? I have two, but one is like 10 years old and I would never take it in. It's like beyond old. And then my computer. So for my computer, knock on wood, I've only never knock on wood had to go in since I bought it. 
So I will seriously knock on wood because this podcast requires use of computers. It requires you to, your computer to be in working order. Yeah. In above working order. So that's what I didn't understand that at all. I don't have an iPhone, so maybe I don't go a lot. Maybe if you have an iPhone, you go, but you have an iPhone. You don't go into the Apple store a lot. I am terrified of the Apple store. I try to avoid going into the Apple store. Maybe she cracks her screen all the time. Also, but people really like the Apple store. Have you ever seen an Apple store? People are always like milling about outside, just hanging out inside. Yeah, no, they do. They like to look at all the products and test them. And stuff. There's only like 14 products. What is exciting about it? I think I don't understand. I think it's not, that's not my people. No. So, but my niece, all she wanted to do when she came to LA was go to the Apple store. Why? They don't have them where she's from? They do. She wanted to go to the LA Apple store. There's a bunch in L.A. Which one? Did she think there was like one that was super L.A.? I don't know why she wanted to go, period. Then I had to go wander around inside. Yeah. I was really bored. Yeah. Okay. I love you, girl, but that's boring. Answer us, please, if you know why she was going to the Apple store so many times. Because to me, that makes it sound like she's very careless with her products or she happens to get a lot of lemons. Or she just likes to go in and look at the products. Or she just likes to go in and talk to Neville. Nevin. Nevin. It's a hangout spot. Aaron Neville. Oh, I can't do it yet. <laughs> I'm working on it, guys. It's I'm only going to get better, you guys. It's only going to get better. I have been working on my Aaron Neville. So it's, oh, it's a struggle. Okay, so back to Nevin. He's outside of her circle of friends. So he doesn't know any of her friends. She doesn't know any of his friends. So they're kind of like strangers in each other's lives, they say. Secret lovers. No, they're not. Except they're not. They're definitely not. But I. it is a curious friendship. It's, it's a, a curious, curious friendship. friendship. He's quite a bit younger than she is. And how much younger is he? He didn't seem that much younger. Everyone keeps saying that. But like, how young is he? I would like an age on Nevin. I'll ask him. But he doesn't find out she's dead for a month after because no one knew to call him because no one knew she had this friend named Nevin. Secret friends. But what's weird is that he just wakes up one day an hour before his alarm clock, goes to his computer and for some unknown reason searches her name and he just had a feeling and gets her obituary. Was it that he just had a feeling? Because we only get a part of that story. So that's just it. He just woke up and was like, whatever happened to my friend? Yeah, she's I haven't talked to her in a long time. And he just got he Googled. He got a feeling. He got a Goog. He gave it a Goog. But that's pretty freaky if that story is true. I have no reason to believe it's not true. Okay, but it struck me as weird, too. But this story has a lot of mystical other realm powers going on in it. That is the tooth. So something is floating around. So Terry, the friend that's the nurse, she goes to the Shiva and she mourns with the family, but she can't let go of her suspicions. She keeps waiting for someone in their friend group to pull her aside and share doubts and gossip with her, but no one ever does. And I wanted to reach to the screen and be like, Katie and I would be those people for you, Terry. We would be those people. If we were there, we would be gossiping with you. Because to her, it's just really obvious that something's wrong. Right. So she is wait. She's like, someone else must see this. But no one else is going to bring it up, girl. Yeah, she's scared to bring it up. So is everyone else. Or she just thinks no one else is noticing. What do you think is happening? You think no one else is noticing or you think people are talking about it behind closed, closed doors? I think it's behind closed, closed doors. 
But you think people are talking about it? Well, we'll get to that. Just not to Terry. Yes. Maybe there's something about Terry. She was too close to the family. Maybe they think she's too close to Bob. Oh, Terry used to work for Bob as a nurse. Right. So maybe that's why they're not confiding in Terry. Because they think she would be on Bob's side if there was something going down. She was also the friend that is asked to clean up the blood, which makes me think that she is the closest friend. Yeah, she's definitely one of the closest friends. Yeah. But another reason she was asked to clean up the blood, I think, is because her daughter is very good friends with the daughter. So that doesn't. Oh, because Jenna is the one that asked her. I got Jenna you. is the one who asked her and Jenna, it's like her best friend's mom. So I think that is another tie in. So Terry has no one to talk to. So she turns to a psychic. No, no. actually, she corrects her. She corrects Andrea. She says a medium. And Andrea asks, what's the difference between a psychic and a medium? And she says, a psychic predicts the future and a medium speaks to the dead. And Andrea goes, okay, couldn't get a read on what she was thinking at that moment. But she doesn't snark about it. She's not rolling her eyes. She's just like, okay. Like, she's very respectful about that belief system. I liked it. I thought her reaction was perfect. I think so, too. Did you know the difference? I was excited to hear the difference. I was very excited to hear the difference because I had, I mean, I guess I knew that a medium spoke to the dead because I've seen some medium shows, but I kind of thought psychics did, too. Did she go to the Long Island medium? Well, that's another big question that we all have. Is it Teresa Caputo? with the big hair from Long Island Medium. I kind of feel like it might have been. But I feel like they would have said it. No. Because Dateline loves to throw in these extra facts that make the case more interesting. Because then in the previews, they can be like, this involves a slip in the shower, blah, 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 and the Long Island Medium. And then you like definitely want to tune in. So unless there was a clause that made them not allowed to mention it, I think that's exactly what it is. I think that it could very well have been Teresa Caputo because of some information we get in 30 seconds. Yeah. But I think that they're not allowed to say it without paying Teresa. I don't think Teresa lets you put her name in your show for free. I don't know if they have to because like celebrities aren't giving like Access Hollywood their image to do stories on them, like permission to use their image. If you're a public figure, I think you're allowed to use footage of them. In their image. Do you think also that Terry maybe didn't tell us who that who it was because of how controversial she is, whether she's real or not? Well, I think any medium slash psychic is going to be controversial. But I feel like a famous one like that is even more so. Yeah, that's possible. Okay. So Terry goes to the psychic and says, I want to talk to a friend. And the medium says, yes, she had curly hair. She was a community leader. She never said the name. Terry never said the name. And she got all this. Now, a lot of people on Twitter were like, well, it was all over the news, probably, that this lady died. But it's a good guess. I guess it's a good guess. So Leslie, turned out, had been at a big group reading with this medium, which also makes me think it's Teresa, because Teresa does these big readings on the show but you have to pay for her to come so you all pool the money exactly that's why i thought it was too okay there we go yes all right i feel like if both of us think it is then it's a 40 percent chance i like that 20 percent each the medium says that i see she died from a head injury she was struck in the head 
And then she described the bedroom and the puddles of blood. So Terry is like beyond convinced. Now, I'm all for asking a medium for advice. I asked my medium for advice about trying intermittent fasting. Oh, and? They said, ask your doctor. So I asked my doctor and she said it was a great idea for me to try. So I'm going to be trying do fasting. You go to their website. You take an easy quiz about yourself. Have I mentioned how much I like taking quizzes about myself? A lot. Kind of obsessed with it. Based on your answers, they tailor a specialized program that is perfect for you. And they give you the easiest way to start your intermittent fasting journey, which means that Katie can ask me, where are you on your intermittent fasting journey, Kimberly? Cannot wait. And your walk with God. Just the first one. Just the first one. If you're already doing intermittent fasting, do fasting is the best way to optimize your fast. They also have a meal plan and a workout routine. I'm not quite sure what this thing is called a workout that they speak of, but I cannot wait to find out. I'm thinking it's going to be really fun. So then you get motivational tips and you get strategies and I'm just excited to start. So I'm going to keep you guys posted about how I'm doing. I'm excited that I might lose some weight. And also I've talked about my stomach problems on the show. I'm excited to give my digestion a break for a few hours every day. I think that might be nice for it. There we go. Do Fasting wants to bring an easy and affordable health enhancing program to everyone. So go to dofasting.com forward slash date and enter coupon code date to get six month fasting program for 50% off. Whoa. I know. Plus one extra month totally free. Wow. Join now and speed up your weight loss journey. That's dofasting.com forward slash date for 50% off a six month plan and your seventh month free when you use code date. A doobie doobie, a doobie doobie, a doobie fasting. It, it'll grow on me. Do it fast. Do up, do a, do up, do a, do up. Do our fasting. That's better. Yeah. Yeah, I like that much better. Thank you. Check them out, guys. Thanks, Do Fasting. So Terry, after going to the medium, goes to her priest. Did anyone else feel like the order of that should have been swapped? I feel like to each their own. Terry, follow your own star. You're doing great, girl. Okay, that's fair. A year earlier, Terry had gone to a book club at Leslie's house because you know Leslie threw great book club parties. I bet the hors d'oeuvres were so, so good. good. Yeah. yeah. And the book was about a coroner in England. And Terry points out to Andrea that it was a very good book. I didn't know why she was pointing it out, but I kind of wish she'd give us the title. What was the name of it? I want to kind of read it now. So don't just say it was a good book. What was it called? I would like to read a book about a coroner in England. That sounds great. Yeah. And it was funny being at the meeting because everyone pointed out there's a real medical examiner here at this meeting who is Mary, who is Mary Jim Beltic that we already know, the one who almost died from her fall. And she is the retired chief medical examiner for the county. So she's like big shot medical examiner. So she was not the medical examiner that came on the scene that talked about the black eye. She had just left. Yes. So and she was recovering from a fall. And that. At the time. Yes. So Terry calls Mary and tells her what she thinks. And Mary was skeptical. Mary has faith in the system. And she believed that if they said that they ruled in one way, then they must have done an investigation. 
that made them believe it was an accident. And she had just fallen and almost died. So she knows that it can happen. Right. And I was like, thanks for that dateline. And I immediately went on to Amazon and bought a bunch of sticky, grabby things for the floor of my shower. You don't have any? I had some and they were all unstuck. They no longer stuck. So they were, in fact, useless. They lost their stuck. Yeah. So Mary was like, I really don't think so. No, thanks, Terry. But I'm going to try to be polite and hear her out. And Terry described the blood in the bedroom and the conversation with the medium. I think Mary is not the type of person you bring up medium information as facts. Mary doesn't go that way. Yeah, Mary is a scientist and not like a paranormal scientist. Right. She's very direct. I'm guessing that Terry wasn't getting what she needed from Mary and so did a Hail Mary with the medium. It's like, well, I'll just bring it up because she's not believing me anyways. Yeah, maybe. Because I think Terry's smarter than that. Yeah, I think so. And I'm not saying shame to psychics. I kind of believe in psychics. Don't make fun of me. But I think a lot of people are going to make fun of me for that. But that's okay. They might. But so no judgment either way. But Terry isn't getting any worth Mary. Mary thinks that Terry's just being imaginative and is jumping to conclusions. So she tells her, just go to the police and make a statement if you're really that concerned. She kind of brushes her off. That's kind of a brush off. And at this point, I'm wondering... How close of friends are Mary and Terry? I think they're not friends at all. I think they are. They're not. I think they're acquaintances at best. Acquaintances. They're both on the perimeter or external friends in the circle. They're both close with Leslie, but they are not close to each other. They are not. You are correct. But what's weird is like Terry's a nurse. She's in the medical profession, too. It's not like Mary has this cause to like look down upon Terry. But I did kind of feel like she wasn't super listening to Terry and kind of blew her off. But I think that you wouldn't want to hear that. And you're also forgetting that Mary is kind of also close to Bob. So I think Mary is closer to Bob himself than Terry is. Terry is more Leslie's friend. But Terry worked for Bob. But that doesn't matter. But whenever Mary's telling a story about Bob, she always says her husband took the call. She wasn't on the phone call. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I feel like they just didn't gel for some reason. So they were both friends with Leslie, but they didn't gel with each other. Two different sets of friends. Yeah. It happens all the time. So, but this is a small town. Everyone knows each other. So you're kind of at least acquaintances with everybody. Right. Especially if you're in Leslie's orbit. So she tells her to go to the police and Terry was, is considering it. She's worried about a lot of things. She's worried about Bob's decision to move the body because Terry was a nurse under Bob as at his practice. And she knows that as a doctor, he would never move a body that might have a head injury. Is that true? Yeah, you're never supposed to move a body with a head injury. Never. Because they could have a broken neck or something. You got to wait to get them one of those cones before they will move them. So you know what I'm talking about. Not a cone. Yeah, it's definitely not a cone. But that's funny. Well, Ralphie just got fixed. So I'm thinking cones right now. You're thinking cone, but cone is incorrect. Yeah. So then one day, a police officer happens to come into Terry's office, and she decides to just bring it up with them. She didn't want the family to know that she was making inquiries, so she has a detective come to her house for more answers. She doesn't want to go to the police station. She doesn't want to be seen around town. Small town gossip. So That's smart. Yeah. The detective that comes to her house happened to be at the scene that day, 
and he had never seen a wound that bad, much like the guy we met at the beginning, the first responder. But he just deferred to what the ME said, and the ME said it was an accident. So Terry tells him, I feel like my life is living Dateline, which I got excited. I haven't added it to the bingo cards yet. Uh, but because of that, I feel like you can mark off of any one spot on your card as a free spot because I will be adding that to our cards. And now it's official. You have to add it. You see that, right? It's been like three in the past month, I feel like. Right. Have someone, someone has mentioned Dateline. At least. Yep. Yeah. So then we find out that she wasn't the first. This detective had been hearing whispers from the community. Oh, boy. And now you can officially mark off small town gossip mill on your cards. And that's why I think it wasn't just her. I think it was a lot of people behind closed doors, like you said, gossiping. So the police had even received an anonymous letter, which I also think is on the bingo cards, that the couple was having financial problems and they needed to look into the death. They have no idea who wrote this letter. So the detective decided to look into it a little. He took statements from Jenna and Bob and... Bob had some things in his statement that raised some eyebrows, but Bob gets an attorney right away. And so the detective really doesn't seem to pursue it until Terry talks to him. And then he was like, oh, now I really feel like I have to talk about it. So Terry is telling the detective more dirt. She says that the family was in financial trouble. Bob had lost his Blue Cross and Blue Shield contract. How? Which is apparently it happens sometimes through no fault of the doctor, it's a dispute with contracts and reimbursements that causes them to lose that. But if you do, literally, like a third to a half of your patients can just leave because you're not covered anymore. Right. So he had to let go a bunch of his staff. He lost a ton of patients. He lost two thirds or one third of his business. Was that what? It, yeah, that's crazy. And Terry had been let go at that time. Mm. His practice started to diminish. And in fact, we learned that one of the patients that left was that first responder's wife. So they had one baby with him and then their next baby was somebody else. Yeah. Wow. So now Terry is avoiding the family and Bob. Now that she's talked to the police, she sees Bob at the grocery store. This is a little weird. She says she's like, why is a husband who has never shopped before going grocery shopping in the middle of the day? Like he's shopping at noon, like he's going out of his way to pretend that everything's normal. And I was like, okay, Terry, calm down. His wife passed away. So maybe she did the shopping and now he has to. Maybe that's why he still has children to feed. I also think that, yes, but if this guy usually had a housekeeper that did the shopping for him and then was either at the hospital, but wouldn't like do his own shopping. Yeah, I would be surprised to see him there. I'd be surprised to see Bill Gates doing his own shopping. That's a good point. I didn't even think about the housekeeper doing the shopping. Yeah. I don't know if I would think it was suspicious or like he was trying to act like everything was normal. It seems like he's definitely trying to act like everything's normal because we hear a couple things that that are a little like, what you doing? But then it's also hard because he's also just a grieving dad. And I know that grief makes you do weird stuff. Right. Act out of the normal way that you'd normally act. So who knows? So a couple months after the murder, he calls Terry. Mm-hmm. And she says he had never called her before, which I also thought was odd because she worked for him for quite a long time. But she said it was really weird that he called her. She wasn't friends with him. I'm telling you, it was her boss. She is friends with Leslie. Yeah, no, that's true. So she has to pretend like everything's okay when he's calling. 
then he also calls Mary to catch up and says to Mary's husband that he's going to visit his daughter in Israel. And Mary doesn't have to pretend because Mary never thought twice about what Terry had said. She had pretty much forgotten about it. And she is like, Terry's watching too many true crime shows. And she even says, my field has gotten very popular now. Everyone wants to be a detective. And I was like, Mary, are you talking about us? Was that shade, Mary? Are you shading us armchair detectives who have podcasts? I don't think she has any idea who we are. I don't think she listens to podcasts. I'm sure she does. But not ours. Definitely not ours. Definitely not ours. Did you notice how dry she was? She's very like black and white. Yes. She's very measured. She's very non-emotional. She's very matter of fact. Very matter of fact, and we'll tell you exactly how it is. Yes. So no, Terry, I think you're being ridiculous. Yes, you've been watching too many true crime shows. And I don't believe in quote unquote ghosts. <laughs> yes. That's kind of the feeling I get. Yes, totally. But then something after this phone call from Bob, Mary's bugged by something. Something about his tone on the phone call felt odd. And it felt odd to her that he was leaving the country. And thing she's trying to explain to Andrea, and this is the only time we ever see her flustered. It is. She's like, I can't put my finger on it, but something was nagging at me. And I did start to think about what Terry had suggested. Now, this I find the most credible thing in the entire episode was her having a bad feeling about the way that that phone call sounded because of how Mary is, because she is very black and white, cut and dry, Yes, the justice system needs to work itself out. There is no in-between. But something in this, something smelled off. Mm -hmm. That's why I trust this more than anything that like, no, that phone call wasn't normal. Yeah, because it's not like she's going around using her imagination, suspecting people all over the place. Right. She looks at the facts and then makes her decision. Right. But something was making her intuition go, huh. Yep. Spidey sense tingling. Mm -hmm. So she calls... Bill Fitzpatrick, who is the district attorney and her former coworker, She wants to call him, tell him what she's been hearing and just close the loop. And I think she just wants it out of her hands. She's like, I've done my due diligence. I've told him and now I'm done with it. But he says, will you take a look at the case? Oh. Even though she's friends with the victim and her husband, who is kind of the suspect. Oh, now you're in it. You're in it, Mary. Yeah. So Mary's not sure, but she's hoping she's like, best case scenario. I felt like I could just see right away that it was an accident and put everyone's fears to rest. Right. So that's what she's hoping will happen. Right. So she gets all the files sent to her house and Andrea is trying to get really good sound bites from Mary, but Mary is a professional and is so measured when she speaks. So Andrea is saying things like you must just dove into those files. And Mary's like, Well, it's a process. There's an order that you go through. She's not going to give you anything, Andrea. She's going to tell you, no, it's a process. I don't get excited. I'm not excitable. Uh And Andrea's like, it feels like your life is stranger than fiction. And she's like, no, it is not fiction. It is real. And sometimes real life is very surprising. And oh, I love you, Mary. I love you, Mary. I'm not getting my soundbite, am I? You're not. She wants her quote for the trailer. And but what you're going to get is really good conversation. Yes. And an honest answer. And yes. sometimes that's fine. Yes. Loved her. So she looks through the files and she can see how the Emmy got his conclusions. He saw some findings in the brain that ex- were explained by a fall. 
but it's all based on the presumption that what Bob is telling him that she fell is what happened. So Mary reads the whole thing and she feels like Leslie is talking to her from the grave. She says she speaks from, she speaks to the dead. That's what she does in her line of work. And she said from the files, she sees multiple injuries on both sides of her face. So if you fall, you're not like, it's not like you're bouncing down the stairs. Right, you're not like a ping pong. Yeah, so she that's not explained by the fall. And she sees the photos of the blood spatter all over the bedroom. It's on the lamp. It's on the water bottles. It's on the wall. Like, how did those get there? So by the time she's done, she decides that Leslie was murdered. And she's heartbroken. She knows it's about to get worse, too, because she has a duty to tell the truth. And things are about to go sideways for this family now that she's close to. Could we get her to take a look at the Michael Peterson case really quick? I would love that. I would love nothing more. I want her opinion on several of the cases that we could not make up our minds on. She could just tell us. Water shoes. Water shoes. There's been so many Patreons where we're like, which is it? Did they do it or did not? We just did Robert Blake. Was Robert Blake the killer? I kind of want Mary to tell us. Then I can just sleep at night. Yeah, I'd rather hear it all from Mary. You're right. Yeah. Just tell us because sometimes those not knowing just drive me crazy. Yeah, it's too much. So she tells the DA it's a homicide. And Andrea's like, what did he say to that? Hoping she's going to get a good soundbite. No. And Mary says, he said, okay, thank you. And hung up. (laughs) Click. And Andrea's face is like, I was so close. Thought I was getting something more. So he just literally said, okay, thanks. Click. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I feel like that says so much, though. I mean, I'm sure he cussed to himself once he hung up. Like, oh, crap. Now the S is about to hit the fan. So the DA brings in both medical examiners. Awkward. And so he brings in Mary and the actual ME for this case who said it was an accident and a team of other prominent pathologists. Like super awkward, right? No, because Mary's always right. But I feel like that other ME felt like ganged up on and they totally are like, disagreeing about this thing that they are supposed to be experts about. So that's rough. Should have done a good job. Sometimes professional people don't like to admit where they're wrong. So I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Like me. So every single one of the other pathologists agrees with Mary that it was a homicide, which is crazy. So Mary's like glad that she's right, I guess. But she's sad that she was right, too. It's like the worst thing to be right about. Yeah, she wishes she had been wrong. So the current M.E. is unwilling to say that he made a mistake and to change the manner of death. Of course he is. So it's still listed as an accident, but it's enough to jumpstart the investigation. So now the detective goes to talk to Bob and Bob tells the detective how he found her on the floor of the shower, how he moved her to the bedroom to do CPR and moved her a bunch of times because the bathroom was so steamy and dark that he couldn't see what he was doing. And the detective was there that day and remembers there's two skylights and a huge window and that it was not overcast that day. It was bright. So it was really like the lightest part of the house was this bathroom. I don't feel like that's fair. I'm going to be honest. I saw the pictures of the bathroom. If there was steam in that bathroom, it's black marble. There was nothing light colored about that bathroom. 
he couldn't see what he was doing also on a black floor. But also, I would want to get away from where it's slippery, for sure. But I don't know if I would move a body. But still, like if I was trying to get somebody on a surface that they weren't slipping on, yes, I would try to get them out of there or like be pulling every towel I had down. Right. Yeah, that's fair. He tried to do CPR until the paramedics arrived. But when the paramedics arrived, they saw him just kneeling there. He wasn't doing anything. And in fact, the day after the death, one of the paramedics goes to the detective and says, I don't think he did CPR at all because normally your ribs will crack when you're doing CPR on someone. And when the paramedic started to do CPR, he cracked the ribs. So it hadn't been done before. He doesn't think. Also, he's kind of a small guy. The doctor was. Is it possible that he hasn't done CPR in like 25 years? He's not really in that line of work. I mean, he might have to do CPR on babies. I think you know it so well from your training that it just kicks in. I think it's one of those things that you think you would know. I just feel like there's a couple of devil advocate things on that. That could be reasons why that is the way that is. I guess. I don't know about the cracking of the ribs. I feel like he wasn't doing it very hard then if he didn't. Is it possible also he didn't do it that hard because she was his wife? Because he was trying to kill her? No, just because he didn't want to kill her. Like he didn't want to crack her ribs. But she's already not breathing if he's doing CPR. I think he didn't do it right. So you're saying he might not be a murderer, but he's not a good doctor. No, I'm saying that he may not have done CPR since training. And if he's not being recertified, he's not doing CPR very often. In the hospital, they have a lot of other things to keep you alive besides doing CPR on your chest. Clear paddles. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Let us know. We're going to hear from doctors. Let us know what you think. I'm going to hear from doctor. Okay, I don't know, guys. This is just a theory. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I've had a rough week with being wrong. So a couple weeks. So if if everyone could just be kind. Yeah, just be kind. Understand that it's a theory. Yeah, it's just a theory. It's not necessarily what I 100% believe. Thank you. It's not even what the case is built around. Not at all. It's just a theory of how that could maybe the other side of that. That's all I'm that's all I'm doing. So the story that it was a murder, possibly, and that it is being investigated goes public. Bob's lawyer goes to the press and defends him, saying he's the most honest person I've ever met. Well, you're a defense lawyer. Really wouldn't say that. I don't, I don't like know that. what that says. Sweeping generalizations. It's not because don't you defend a lot of criminals then? So maybe don't say that. So Nevin, her younger friend from the city goes to the police. They had had a big connection over being Jews, he says, when he and Leslie met, which I thought was hilarious. Is this the second Met story? Maybe this is the Apple store thing. And they had had this instant bond over both being Jewish. And I was like, you're in New York. That Jews are a dime a dozen. That's like meeting someone Jewish at your temple. That's like finding something from Uncommon Goods that you'll love. It's obviously going to happen. But um bum It's going to happen a hundred times over. Exactly. Yeah. If you have someone hard to shop for in your life, like everyone I know, UncommonGoods.com has the most unique gifts that you can find online. Perfect for holiday gifts for the whole family. They have art, jewelry, home and kitchen goods, kids gifts. I am obsessed with the candle that I got for myself and I got the coolest gift for my brother's girlfriend. They are these giant capsules that look like a clear pill capsule. Yes, I've seen those. And they're filled with ingredients like oils and oats and things. And you mix together, you make your own face masks and it gives you the recipe. So cute. And also came with a bunch. So I feel like you could like put them as stocking stuffers 
or give the whole package to someone. So super cute. I'm really excited. They also have this therapy dough for squeezing for stress, and they're infused with essential oils, and I kind of really want those. I also saw a hilarious paperweight that has an F on it and then a bomb. This is an F-bomb. The best part with Uncommon Goods is you're supporting artists and small independent businesses. And the other best part is that with every purchase you make, they give back a dollar to a nonprofit partner of your choice. They've donated more than $2 million to date. So to get 15% off your first gift, go to uncommongoods.com forward slash date dateline. That's uncommongoods.com forward slash date dateline for 15% off for a limited time. Amazing. What are we saying about Uncommon Goods? They're uncommonly good. It writes itself. It writes itself. Check them out, guys. Have an hour to spare. It's so much fun stuff. Or like keep the browser window open all the time and just like keep coming back to it. Oh, I have it open. It's great. But it's really good to know you want that stress ball stuff because I have like three things saved just for you. So (laughs) there we go. Thanks for that. Yes. (laughs) Check them out, guys. Thank you, Uncommon Goods. So they become, they became friends fast, Leslie and Nevin, and they started confiding in each other. And Nevin said that Leslie only said very little tidbits about her marriage. He says she would drop little crumbs. She was very private, but she would drop these little hints that made him believe that Bob had cheated on her throughout their marriage. So that's interesting. And then one day Bob calls Nevin and says, who are you? Why are you talking to my wife? We are having marriage problems right now. I need you to stay out of our marriage problems. So Andrea asked Nevin, did Leslie ever say to you, my husband knows about us? This is where the conversation with Nevin and Andrea, it gets kind of weird. I think it got delightful. I was into it. (laughs) You didn't feel like he was being very defensive? Not any more than I could imagine that I would be. So he, Andrea's like just trying to keep, pressing him to like make sure there was nothing going on between them. Here's what how I feel that he's defensive is I feel like he knows the answer that she wants and the answer that everyone kind of assumes that it is, which is, yes, I was her L-O-V-E-R. That's sort of the gist that we're getting even from Andrea. Yeah. And so his being defensive is kind of like, I don't know how to put this in a way that people are actually going to believe me. Right. And I'm going to just sound defensive because it's not true. And it just sounds defensive because I feel like people are apt to not believe that we are just friends. Right. And I'm sure he's been hearing that since the death. Now, do I believe that they're just friends? Eh. Do I think that they were just friends and then she passed? Probably. Do I think that maybe he wanted there to be more than a friendship? Maybe. Maybe. She seemed delightful. I think it would be hard to not have a crush on Leslie. Yeah. So Andrea's like, did Leslie ever say my husband knows about us? And he says, there is no us to know about. That was a good answer. She has a million friends and I'm just one of the friends. And Andrea says, okay, but you're a single guy who is much younger If I, and then we get a little tidbit into Andrea's marriage. Little tip. Little, Andrea says, if I was going to lunch with a much younger guy who's single, my husband would want to know about it, even if we were just friends. And Nevin says, well, but I'm no Brad Pitt. I thought that was a great answer. It is both self-effacing, right? Yes, yes, that's true. 
it is also kind of like I could see that if I was like some super suave guy, but Nevin clearly doesn't see himself as that. Unfortunately, Nevin is not bad looking. Right. He's not, you're right. He's not Brad Pitt, but he's not ugly. Right. Mm. And I think maybe if he hadn't said that, people would be like accusing him the other way of being like, what does he think? He's Brad Pitt? Yes. Like, yeah, like the husband should think he's a threat. But Andrea says, well, you are an attractive guy and you are much younger. And Kevin's like, well, there's, I don't know what to tell you. There's nothing to know. It was innocent. Like, and he kind of shuts it down at that point. He's like not wanting to keep going. But I thought that it was good. And I thought that both sides were good. Nevin kind of didn't know how to explain that it wasn't real. Right. And Andrea also was going to push. She was going, she knows what the audience wants to, you know, the truth. I think she wants it too. She wants it too. She's a, she's a reporter. Yeah. And she was going to push just to make sure. And if he can't answer that question, I'm sure he's had to answer harder questions. It is a surprising friendship. But if it is indeed just a friendship, then it is very hard to explain because of its oddness. Yes. So nobody's going to come out smelling like a rose here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just going to be weird. The thing that makes this friendship even odder is the fact that she, Leslie, wants to separate from her husband and is confiding in Nevin about this, which he says happened days before she died. She met with him. And she said, I'm splitting up with Bob. She said, we sat down the kids and we told them and I'm moving out. It's an interesting friendship that is hard to get your head around. It's one of those Harry Met Sally. Can men and women, if they're both single, can they be friends if they're confiding in each other about themselves and their deep feelings and their secrets? Yes, they can. But then eventually it will be New Year's Eve and he will profess his love. Yeah. And then Katie gets to do the whole monologue again. Because when you find out that you want to spend the rest of your life with someone, <laughs> you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. It was so good. See? Thank you. So good. Yeah, it, it is my shining Billy Crystal moment. <laughs> so other friends have confirmed to the police that Leslie was in planning to move out and separate, which is should have been a red flag to the police from the very beginning. If they had done the tiniest bit of research instead of just calling it an accident at the scene. But they're not doing research because it's an accident at the scene. So they're not finding this stuff out till now. I know. But like the most dangerous time for a woman is when she's trying to leave her husband. So I feel like it should be like a standard question if a woman has an accident. Was she in the process of trying to leave her husband? I mean, worst case scenario, they just do a little investigation. I'm not saying put everyone on trial and falsely accuse people all over the place. But if someone is leaving their spouse and they get murdered, I mean, or have an accident, a terrible, deadly accident, I feel like it should just be looked at. Is that too risky? Because then you're risking putting people away. And is it only risky when you're in the house of someone with extreme wealth? Are you more likely to rule very quickly that it's an accident? I think if the person has social standing like this doctor does. The stakes are high. I think you are more likely to rule that it's an accident. And I think you should just look at it first. Like, just give it a 20. I'm not even saying weeks of investigation. Just do like the bare 24 hours, 48 hours. Mm -hmm. I don't think they had a ton of murders that they were like overlogged with cases. I feel like they could have just done a few phone calls 
the friends would have said, oh, yeah, they were getting separated. Huh. Just a couple of huh moments. Right. Because her injuries were so severe for a fall. Yeah. Staircase. Staircase. So everyone had told the police, even Terry had told the police, she was planning to leave him. And Leslie had just told her that days before she died. She said, Terry, I'm doing it. I'm moving out. We're getting separated. I'll tell you about it when we have lunch. And they never got to have lunch. Wow. So now Bob is going around town. Is this what you thought was suspicious? He's going to Temple a lot. He's going to the High Holy Days. No, I didn't think that was suspicious. You said there was something else that was making it look suspicious, how he's trying to act like everything's normal. Yes, it's the phone calls that are coming. The phone calls. Yeah, that was very weird to me. I did not like that. So he's going to Temple for Yom Kippur, and that reporter who had her son circumcised is watching him because it's the Day of Atonement. So she's watching him, like, pray. Like, does he seem to be more toneful than he was last year? What is he atoning for? What is up with people? Stop that. Are you atoning extra hard? So months go by, and the detectives need proof. They have an all-star team of blood spatter and neuropathology. I almost said neuropathy. Totally different thing. Neuropathology. There we go. Professionals. And I want to build the team. I don't feel like we have a full team yet. I feel like we have a team of detectives, but I feel like we need a team of people in blood spatter. I feel like we need a forensic tech person. I feel like we have a few forensic techs. Do we not? Well, we have that one guy, Anthony. Is anyone writing this down? We won't know who our team is. I know. How are we going to assemble them all at once? We need to have a group text going with these people. What are you going to do when I get murdered? You need to have the team assembled and ready. And instead, you're going to be scrambling to listen to old episodes, hopefully crying. I know. When you listen to my horrible jokes. And then you'll be like. (laughs) I should have laughed. Oh, my gosh. Who is the team? Why didn't I laugh more at that pun? The only one you'll remember is Marsha Marshburn. And she will have retired years ago and won't come out of retirement for you. She better. I'm going to go bang on her front door and play music over my head in a boombox, begging Marsha Marshburn to come out. On her riverboat in Louisiana? I'll go wherever she is. I'll go on the dock and wave to her from the dock, hold up the boombox. She comes out. Who's there? (laughs) Who? City folk. I saw you you once on a dateline years ago. I have a podcast. I'm a big fan. I'm real busy. I got some jerky smoking. I can't talk to you right now, hon. Was she that Southern? No, she wasn't. I'm remembering her (laughs) wrong, but it's more dramatic if I'm remembering her that way. She wasn't like that. She's smoking jerky. She was very good. We would probably not have had a jerky smoker as our... We might have. We might. We love an accent. We love an accent. I hope our team is like multilingual, multi-ethnicity, people of color, people with accents. I want a big, diverse team. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. So the team goes back to the house on Shalimar Way. They didn't get much evidence the first time because the Emmy had said it was an accident at the scene, so they didn't really collect evidence. The house has been sold, but luckily the new owner hadn't moved in or changed the floors or anything. The bloodstains, all still there. So he sold this house with the bloodstains in it. And the people bought the house with the bloodstains in it. Hopefully they're going to replace them before they move in. They got a deal. They got a good deal. It's a murder house. 
So it is. You have to shut off that wing. But the nice thing is there are wings. Yeah. So you can just shut it down. That's where the ghost is, honey. We don't go in that wing. The left corridor or whatever it is in Bly House. Oh, you haven't seen it's, it yet. I've seen, I've started Bly House. Yeah, that one wing that's totally shut off. That one corridor. You don't go. Yeah. So the bloodstains are still there on the carpet, on the blinds, in the shower. The shower still has bloodstains. The shower has not been cleaned. I don't want to say the housekeeper sucked, but my question being, did Bob stop taking showers after Leslie died or did he just go off to a different shower? Because they have a lot of bathrooms in the house. A different shower. But he lived in that house after she died. Okay. Did you see the 8,000 square feet? He went to a different room and a different shower. So he just closed off that those doors, let the blood seep in. No, we do find out that they are sleeping in separate bedrooms. So he wasn't sleeping in that room anyways. That's true. That's a good point. But Andrea does think it's creepy. There was still blood in the shower. It is creepy. I think that there was minuscule blood. I don't think you would have walked in and it was like a handprint. The in pictures blood. Dateline keeps showing. I think those are from the first day. I hope so. Dear God, I hope so. Yeah, let's let's go with that because that's more palatable. Yeah. yeah. So the first responder is back at the scene and we liked him. I do like him. Yeah, I thought he, he was could great. join our team. Absolutely. He's a beat cop. Who is yeah. he? Okay, first responder. Yeah, I love him. So he's staring at that black velvet headboard on the bed and which Katie loves. She's making a smiley face. She wants that headboard. So he looks at the headboard and he's just staring at it. And then the light comes in and hits it at a weird angle. And he sees a stain, a little blood stain that he didn't notice that day of. No one noticed. He said it had been covered by a pillow. Also, I guess, yeah, they sold the house with the bed and the furniture and the bloody everything still in there. But it was a huge find. Why would there possibly be a blood stain on the headboard when she fell in the shower? And he says he dragged her into the bedroom and put her on the carpet to do CPR. Why would there be a blood stain up on the headboard? Absolutely no idea. No reason for it. So at this point, the ME quietly, with no public statement, changes the manner of death to homicide. Wow. I don't like this Emmy. Yeah, who is this Emmy? Can we get a name? No, we get nothing. Okay. No, we get nothing. They're publicly shamed, I think, enough. Okay. So they arrest Dr. Newlander, and Andrea says the obstetrician who had brought so many lives into the world was now accused of taking one. Mm-hmm. Good line, Andrea. So his family, the kids... And Leslie's siblings are standing behind him, which is rare that not usually the siblings of the deceased are standing behind the spouse. Right. So people in the town are pretty divided. Mary said that some people are mad at her that she pursued this because it's so hard for the children. And Mary's response is, yeah, it is terrible for the children, but I didn't kill her. Like, he's the one who killed her. Good point, Mary. Good point. So the trial starts, and in Syracuse, it's like the OJ trial. There's reporters. People are obsessed. And the kids and Mary's siblings all walk arm in arm with him every day. So the prosecution thinks that he killed Leslie in the bedroom, then moved her to the shower to make it look like it was a fall, then dragged her back to the bedroom to do CPR to explain the blood. They play the 911 call where Jenna calls from the other side of the house, 
where her dad yelled for her, call 911, call 911, something happened to your mom. And she's, while she's on the call to 911, she runs to the bathroom. And you hear her saying, dad, put her down. Her neck might be broken. And Andrea's like, even Jenna knows that you don't move a body. And then Andrea goes, and her dad was a doctor. Oh, boy. I love it. I love it. She's like, there we even go. Jenna knows. And her dad was a doctor. So, but before she says, dad, don't move her. What if her neck is broken? She says, oh, my God, there's blood everywhere. And then she says, dad, don't move her. Her neck might be broken. So the prosecution, very important. So the prosecution thinks that this means that she runs into the room, sees the blood all over, including the bedroom, before he moved her to the bedroom. So why was there blood in the bedroom? But I feel like it's kind of easy to debate. Like maybe she just meant there was blood all over the bathroom. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, what if we're hearing her run into the bathroom? And oh my God, there's blood everywhere as her dad is picking up the mom from the shower and she's saying, no, no, don't move her, don't move her. She could very easily be referring to the bathroom. What if the door to go in goes into the bedroom first and then you round the corner? That's what it looked like. And then you're in the bathroom. Yes, I definitely think that could be the case, but you still can't prove that she was in the bedroom when she said, oh my God, there's blood everywhere. She could have run through the bedroom to the bathroom, said that. Not notice the blood said, dad, don't move her. Oh my God, there's blood everywhere. Or been staring at the bathroom through the bedroom and talking about the bathroom. You can't prove that she's talking about the bedroom at all. I agree. And I would like to have heard what Jenna says if they, when they asked her about that on the stand. Yeah, good point. So the forensic expert says that Leslie was in rigor and had maybe been killed way earlier. Wouldn't the blood in the bedroom then be a lot drier? They said she was in rigor. That's what a forensic expert says. I need to know more about that because A, would the ME not have noticed that? That's like the ME's one job. And I mean, this ME was an idiot. I want to know if this ME had to take the stand and was publicly forced to admit they made a mistake because that should have been the punishment. You have to go on this trial and publicly admit you made a mistake. It's easy to admit when you're wrong. I admit that I was wrong about something and I'm not talking about rough hewn. I was wrong about cooking. With HelloFresh, you can get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips. If you live in a small town and are suspected of murdering your spouse, people will find your grocery store shopping suspicious. So don't go. Have food delivered. HelloFresh delivers fresh, high-quality pre-portioned ingredients. In fact, over 90% of their ingredients are sourced directly from growers to ensure peak flavor and ripeness. They aren't lying when they say fresh. It's actually very fresh. Also, they have great, like, vegetarian options right now. They have caramelized apple cheddar melts. Hello, fresh. Hello, delicious. And zucchini and fried egg bibby bibby bap. Bowls. Now, do I know what bibibap is? No, I don't. But I'm expanding my horizons and I'm going to make it. Yes, you are. I'm really excited. You're going to make it after all. <laughs> HelloFresh is the first global carbon neutral meal kit company. That's awesome. It makes me proud. You're reducing your food waste by at least 25% when you use HelloFresh. 
Also, HelloFresh gives back by donating so far in 2020, the worst year of our Lord, 3.5 million meals to people in need. We love a company that gives back. Absolutely. You too can help with HelloFresh's Beyond the Box program, where you give nutritious meals to those experiencing food insecurity by going on your HelloFresh app and going to the extra section of your menu page. So go to HelloFresh.com forward slash Dateline90 and use code Dateline90 to get a total of $90 off, including free shipping. What the what? That's HelloFresh.com forward slash Dateline90 and use code Dateline90 to get $90 off, including free shipping. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Ring, ring. Hello? Fresh, fresh. Don't get fresh with me, young lady. Sorry, Mom. (laughs) Thank you, HelloFresh. So the housekeeper testified in the trial that she usually made the bed, but it looked like someone else had changed the sheets that morning. Supposedly, Bob had done it to cover up the blood. And apparently she was very upset on the trial, like that you guys would insinuate that she made that poorly made bed. She's like, I make my beds way better than that. I love her. I wanted to see her. I really, I loved her. She can join our team. No, stop inviting people to the team. It's just willy nilly now. Just one person says one thing we like and they're on the team. They're on the team. It's like a hundred person team. I love it. And the blood spatter was on the water bottles and the lamp besides the bed, but not the coffee cup that Bob said he delivered to his wife. That was damning. So they think if he had brought her in and the blood spatter would have gone up, it would have hit the coffee cup. So he placed it there as like a, look, I brought her coffee after he had already killed her. That's what they think. The defense says it's circumstantial and they bring on their own Emmy who says that it's an accident and that Leslie had a history of vertigo and dizzy spells. Apparently, Leslie had fallen the year before in Israel. They go to Israel a lot. They do. They really go to Israel a whole lot. Yeah, but I think they said one of their daughters studies there. No, I think she studies there. That's why I was so confused. I thought Jenna was home on a visit, but Jenna's in Israel. No, it was another daughter. His daughter from first marriage. He had two other children from a first marriage. She was the stepmom to those two children, and then they both had a son and a daughter together. Okay, that makes sense. So... They say the blood in the bedroom can't be trusted because the paramedics were traipsing through and they could have tainted everything. That's a good argument. Not, it's not bad. Yeah. Bob, this argument is interesting. Bob was wearing a long sleeve shirt when he found her. And at some point he ripped it off to do CPR like the Hulk. And that's when the blood spatter happened. Okay. What kind of long sleeve shirt are we picturing? Because he had just come from a run. Oh, So it's not like a button down. No. So it's like a tech shirt. One of those tech, super tech. They keep your heat in. Oh, okay. The sweatshirts. There's sweating shirt, not a sweatshirt. I don't know how to describe them. It's a workout shirt, like under armor. So there were no bloody sheets ever found. That's interesting. And there was no murder weapon. That's a bad sign. But if she had rigor, she could have been dead a lot earlier. He would have had time to go and get rid of that stuff. Also, they never searched the house because they thought it was an accident. So it's not like they were searching for bloody clothes or a murder weapon. Did they zoom her body? No. Do we have any idea what kind of object she was hit with? Great question. I think they just probably thought it was the wall or the corner of the tile. But that's my question. Did he hit her head with the shower handle? Like, does it have a removable? No, they probably had a rain shower. 
Do you think he just hit her head on the tile, like banged it, slammed her head against the tile? I would guess that. But it says she was hit with a mm, with a candlestick. Well, that's what the medium said. I don't know if we're agreeing with the medium. No, didn't Mary say that too? She was hit with a blunt object or am I making that up? No, she did have injuries on both sides of her face. She was beat up, basically. So he could have been using his fists and banging her head against the tile or the corner of the tile, I would think. So maybe there's not a murder weapon, but those sheets would be bloody. Where are the sheets? But again, they weren't looking for the sheets. It's not like they went into the laundry room. Where are the sheets? (laughs) Do it louder. No. Come on. Where are the sheets? (laughs) I can't bang because it makes a noise, but yeah. So Jenna takes the stand in her dad's defense. She testifies that the blood being everywhere comment was after she helped her dad move her mom to the bedroom. But that's not what the tapes say. So she seems to be confused. She's going to not remember. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's too traumatic. It's too traumatic. She's not going to remember the order in which everything happened. You're not. And even if you do, you're going to get it wrong. Yeah. But they have her on tape saying it in one order. And she's saying that's not the way it happened, but it's actually on tape. Like they didn't alter the tapes. So that is the way it happened. But also it doesn't really make sense because if what she's saying is the blood being everywhere was after she helped her dad move, she's saying, I helped my dad move. Then I said, dad, don't move her. What if her neck is broken? But they had already moved her. So that doesn't make sense either to me. Her timeline is screwy. It is. Yeah. So the DA says that Bob is using Jenna and that she's like a pawn in this. No. A lot of people felt you don't agree. No, I think she legitimately doesn't remember. And I think she's going to remember things in an order that clear her dad. Do you not think it's possible that he's been saying things to her subtly over the years? Maybe, but I don't think so. I think that she remembers it a certain way and good luck trying to get her to remember it another way. Maybe. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if he was planting little seeds. Maybe. Her mom was her best friend, though. Yeah, but this is her only surviving parent, so she's going to want to believe he's innocent. She doesn't want to lose both parents. Yeah, sometimes they, they don't. Yeah. And I think she was close to her dad, too, I think. But I, yeah, she, her mom was her best friend. So they don't know exactly why he would do it. The DA said they were having trouble and were sleeping in separate bedrooms, like Katie said. But the DA didn't call Nevin or other friends to the stand to say that she was separating from him, which is really weird. And I wonder if they asked Jenna about it on the stand because Leslie said they sat the kids down and told them. Yeah, I would have really liked the answer to that. I was really bummed that we didn't get it. Nevin says at their last meeting, Leslie told him that Bob was acting erratic and he had come up behind her in the bathroom aggressively. And she told Nevin this and then she kind of blew it off like it wasn't a big deal. But Nevin got a really bad feeling and said, well, you shouldn't go stay there. You should stay at a friend's house or at a hotel or something. But she didn't want to because it was New Year's coming up and they had the Jewish New Year and they had like a lot of events planned and stuff. But Nevin was worried. But then at the same time, he didn't hear from her for a month and then Googled her name. I don't know why he didn't hear from her for a month and didn't think that was weird. How long had they been friends? How long did they hang out? I feel like it was a couple years. 
So maybe they did go like a couple months in between, but maybe a month seemed a little too long. Yeah. So like they maybe sometimes went a stretch of three weeks, but never that long. So that's why he sat down and was like, something's up. Right. He didn't know who else to call. Yeah, that's true. Because he didn't know her friends. But he did think that it was weird. And he says when he heard that she fell in the bathroom, he right away remembered that he had come up behind her in the bathroom aggressively and was like, something's not right. That's not great. Yeah. On the third day, the jury comes back. Jenna is crying and she's clinging to her dad. I feel really, really bad for her. Jenna is a rough one in all of this. It's really sad. Yeah. The jury finds him guilty. And Jenna is screaming hysterically like she was on the 911 call. And she's screaming like, we don't get to hear this part, but the reporter said she was screaming like, Daddy, look at me. Daddy, I know you're innocent. I was there. I saw it. Daddy, I know you didn't do it. That's awful. Rough. Leslie's friends are relieved, but it's Dateline, so we've got a twist coming. Oh, boy. And we still have six minutes left. There's six minutes left of the show at this point, so you know there's a twist coming. A quick twist, but a big twist. Yeah. So Leslie's sister speaks at the sentencing asking for leniency for Bob. Bob speaks and says he's innocent. He says he's an obstetrician. He's brought over 10,000 lives into this world. He can never take a life. And I was like, yeah, we never hear about murderous doctors on Dateline, buddy. Never. Never. The judge gives him 20 years to life. And Terry and Mary are saying how hard it's been. They've lost friends over this because of the side that they took and because it's such a small town. And I feel like this is kind of where the first episode ended of Dateline. So then an alternate juror contacts the court and says there was something inappropriate with juror number 12. There we go. Juror 12. Mysterious juror 12 is a pretty young woman in her 20s. And she was getting media notifications during the trial. What does that mean? I believe that means like news updates on her phone. That's really bad. That's really bad because you're not supposed to read newspapers or anything like that. So she was getting notifications on her phone and she turns over her phone And they see that she not only was getting media notifications, she received over 7,000 texts from friends and family asking her about the case. And so a friend is asking, is he guilty? Is he scary? Like, what's it like? And then the day she's picked for the jury, her dad texts her and says, make sure he's guilty. That could mean a couple things like he could be saying, make sure he's guilty before you convict him. But more likely, I feel like it means the dad thinks he's guilty and is like, make sure that you find him guilty. Uh, Yeah, definitely. Sounds more like I want to watch him fry. Yes. More what that sounds like to me as well. So the defense files an appeal based on jury misconduct. It goes all the way to the state's highest court. They say that even though the juror didn't show any bias in her responses to the texts, Mm -hmm. he should still get a new trial. I agree. The media updates alone and the pressure from the family, even if she wasn't responding in a way that said she knew if he was guilty or not, it's too much. So he's released from prison in 2018, three years after being convicted. He posts a $1 million bail. Cash. Cash. And it's a media storm, including a guy walking next to them carrying a selfie stick. 
very confusing. <laughs> did you notice God. the selfie stick? I did it. That's awful. Man, get a life. I was like, who is that guy? Just some dude. He's got a blog. Hey, hey, my name's Jared. Hey, my name's Jared. I've got a blog. It's called Justice for Jews. Can I get a statement? Oh, Jared, go home. Go home, Jared. Justice for Jews. Jared hasn't been doing well for a while. Justice for the letter for Jews. They call it J by J. Yeah, J for J. I love it. So he's walking side by side with his son and he has his belongings in a paper bag, which I also thought was weird because I was like, if I left prison, I feel like I would just want to burn everything. But I guess maybe you have letters or something in there. Well, you have to take it with you. You can't just throw it in a dumpster because then the press will be all over it. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's a good point. So you have to take it with you and incinerate it at your house. Good point. Remember that for next time. (laughs) She's she's like, I speak from experience. Just in cases. (laughs) So now Leslie's friends are upset. And we don't get their updated interviews in this episode, but we do get Neville's updated interview in this episode. His name is Nevin. So if you don't stop calling him Neville. Nevin. It's not like Neville Longbottom. (laughs) I want it to be Neville Longbottom. We do get Nevin's update, which is great. He has changed. He is clean shaven now. Yep. That's it. He looks different. He just looks older. Yeah. So Bob is supposed to get a new trial, but COVID delayed it. So he's supposed to go back now in 2021. But this whole time he's gotten to be out ever you know, since and whatever. And apparently he like goes running in the park and he goes out to eat. And I was like, during quarantine, what do you do? Okay, fine. And (laughs) everyone in the town stares at him everywhere he goes. I don't feel that bad for him. So he's just biding like his time until he goes back on trial. No one knows it's going to happen. It's very exciting. I would like to know, I would like to see this story presented from the viewpoint that he's innocent. You felt like Dateline was one-sided in the position that he is guilty. Yes. Am I wrong? I don't think they would say that. We only had one interview that thinks he didn't do it, which is his defense attorney. And I know I'm sure Dateline reached out to everyone and that was their choice not to go on Dateline. I'm sure they did. But I think that there is a presumption that he probably did it. Yeah. I would like to see the defense's whole case. I'm also surprised that he was given a guilty verdict. Well... The fact that there was no investigation at the scene, even if he did do it, is hard to convict on. Really hard. They didn't collect any DNA or anything like that because they didn't think it was a homicide. I would like to know more about life insurance and more about the money situation. Me too. That would have been really helpful on this. They said that the prosecution could not give a why. Right. They didn't have a good why. So did she not have a policy that named him? Did she have a policy at all? Did she have any money that wasn't connected to him? She didn't work. She was a nurse, but you're right. She didn't work for a while. But was this divorce going to be too expensive? I think so. And he already had money trouble. And maybe a bit of a control freak. Doesn't like to be left. Unsure. Could be. Yeah. Interesting. I'm likely to believe that he did it based on all of those MEs that all said it looked like It was a homicide, and I think he's the only one with the motive and the means to do it. But he also said he woke up the daughter after the run and then went in to see her. You think that happened what? That he came in the house, murdered her, went down, woke up the daughter, then ran back upstairs and then pretended like he found her for the first time? 
or you think he killed her much earlier and before he went for the run? I think it's impossible to know with the little information we've given about the rigor. All Dateline said in one sentence was there was a forensic doctor who took the stand who said she was already in rigor. I don't understand how the original M.E. would not have noticed that. And I have questions about the blood because I feel like it would be dry or at least drier. Me too. I question that too. So I just don't understand. And how earlier? How much earlier are they talking about? Right, because he just left a guessing that Jenna wouldn't wake up in the morning and go and see her mom. Did he not actually go for a run that day? Right. That's what I would think. Did he pretend to go for a run? Yeah. Put on his running clothes, but didn't actually go. Oh, there's a lot of questions here. Or killed her, then went for the run. No, because Jenna is sleeping in the house. Or yeah, maybe turned on the shower, put her body in the shower. But then there's blood all over the room. And it doesn't work unless you bring her out into the room. Right. You kind of have to be there to pull her to do the CPR in the bedroom, you're saying. Regardless, it's horrible, but also horrible. Assuming he did it, that he called his daughter in to see the body is also horrible and like got her involved in it. He didn't call her in to see the body. He told her to call the police and she ran in. But wouldn't you assume she would run in? Yeah, it would have been good to hear him on the 911 call saying, get out of here. Right. But he probably wanted her as a witness. If he did it, yes. On the fence. Who do you think wrote the anonymous letter? One of the people on that we got this interview from. And I think it might have been our friend Nevin. Really? Yeah. Maybe. I think it was Nevin. Ooh, Nevin, you're getting yourself involved in there. It could have been Nevin or it could have been Terry. Yeah, maybe. Somebody who knew very clearly about the financial stuff. We know both of them did. Right. Or no, Nevin may not have known about the financial stuff. He knew the marriage wasn't good, but she maybe didn't talk to Nevin about the finances. He didn't say that. Only Terry said that. Right. But it could have been any nurse at that practice. That's true. It could have been the first responder's wife. Uh Uh-huh. You're totally right. Who knows? This episode is dedicated to Carly R. and Kaylin S. slash J. She has two different last names on Patreon. So very mysterioso. Ooh, I like it. Case Candelique. Carla and Kaylin, two Ks. K and K. There we go. We love a K and K. We sure do. Carla and Kaylin coming for our jobs. I got my eyes on you. Ladies? Is that true? They have cuter names than us. They're probably cute, too. They're probably younger than us. Probably better attitudes. Way, oh, obviously. Just better at life in general. Probably eat whole meals. Know things about geography. Probably have had HelloFresh for five years. Yeah. Like way ahead of the curve. Yeah. They knew what rough hewn meant. Definitely. Definitely. Without a doubt. It was like they giggled when you didn't know it. I'm just kidding. I'm sure you guys didn't. I'm sure you're lovely. And thank you so much for being patriots. I'd like to hear from you. Did you know, ladies? Did you know about rough hewn? <laughs> Let me know. If you, you can't knew. handle the truth. I can't handle the rough hewn. <sighs> Let me know, K&K, from this K&K. <laughs> it's not threatening at all. Thank you. Thank you, K&K. We love you. Thank you to all of our Patreons. Our Patreon dedications are getting more and more threatening. Threatening and angry <laughs> as we go. Next week. It's just She's going to be like, I'm going to murder you. I'm going to kill you in your sleep. You're the worst. <laughs> your mom called me. She said, you're terrible. <laughs> your friends called. Nobody likes you. They talk about you behind your back at parties. <laughs> it's terrible. It's not. It's going to be fine. They're going to be good from going good. <laughs>
Oh my god. All right. What do we have for B-roll bonanza? So, so much of the close shower drain. Just like so much of the water going down the drain. It was so much psycho shot. That's the psycho shot. The right? psycho shot. And I kept looking for hair because mine always has a big clump of hair. And I was like looking, but it seemed to be a very clean shower with no hair. Yeah, so does mine. Except for the blood. What is Mary's on a bridge a lot. Oh my god. Okay, so what does it mean? This was my favorite with Mary. Well, maybe because she was on the fence about whether or not he did it and where the whether to get involved. Yeah. She was caught monkey in the middle. She was bridge over troubled waters. Uh-huh. There we go. But also, this was my favorite part, is Andrea goes, perhaps it was time to contact a certain retired medical examiner. <gasps> Cut to Mary walking down her suburban street in her sweatsuit, looking like a retired lady baller. Lover. It was so baller. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. And I want that intro shot every time. Yeah. She's walking all over this episode, just looking super cool. Yeah, I love Mary. She also, really quick to jump ahead to Fashion Police, she has Prulith glasses. If you're listening to our Date with the Bake episodes. Oh. Maybe. Then you would know that Prue has some fancy spectacles. And so Mary also was a fan of the fancy specs. Did Mary have any jewelry on? No, just the specs. Okay, see, Prue goes, I want everything. Put all the colors on me. She is accessory heavy. Mary was accessory light, but with a snappy pair of glasses. Liked it. Brand's unhappy being on Dateline and now associated with murder. They kept showing that grocery store. Like, it was very sinful that he was there. Is that a fancy? Is that like a Whole Foods? That's a fancy grocery store, right? Wegmans? It felt like it to me, but I feel like I'm wrong. It sounds fancy. It sounds fancy. But you know what? Like, pavilions, which we have here, sounds fancy, and it's not really fancy. It's absolutely fancy. It's the fancy Vons. Are you crazy? It's the fancy Vons, but Vons is not fancy. Pavilions is a fancy supermarket. I would not go to pavilions to get... A chicken. I go all the time. The prices are exactly the same. That's not true. Maybe for your stuff, not for mine. I'm going to do a string cheese comparison. Okay. Pavilions and bonds. One more thing quick about B-roll. Did you notice that the psychic footage kept having like a bazillion burning candles? Just a million burning candles. Why didn't we get that traditional stereotypical psychic from that one episode, the crystal ball lady, the wrap around her head and the, the, sh- the shiny eyeshadow? That wasn't from Dateline. I know. It was ID Network. That was ID Network. That's why we didn't get it. Because that was a fortune teller. She was a fortune teller. That's different. That's somebody who works at a fair. Again, no shame. I totally believe in all that. So I kind of believe. I'm not shaming a fortune teller. I'm scared to go to one. I like 60% believe. I'm too scared to go too. I don't want to hear bad stuff. I know for sure they're going to tell me I'm going to die. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that bad stuff. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. I'm aware. I get it. No. I'm not going. I can do the palm reading online and look at my hand. I know what's happening. My lifeline, it says you have IBS. My lifeline is like all jagged. It says I have acid reflux and IBS. Do we have confirmation on IBS yet? No, we don't. I'm just saying, I'm just going by like my lifeline. Oh my gosh. So It also says my right ankle is still swollen from a years ago injury. You have and will s- never heal. switched from diagnosing yourself on WebMD to <laughs> looking up your lifeline. Home reading. Yeah. On psychic.com and be like, yep, sure enough. Here, right here. It's IBS. Right here. And my doctor's like, Kimberly, you have IBS. I'm like, yeah, I already knew that. 
Right here, doctor. Look at the palm, doctor. Talk to the hand. It's in the stars. Oh my gosh, I can't. Okay, we are going to do the link to a semi-reputable palm reading site. Good luck self-diagnosing yourself. What else do we have titles? I played around with juror number 12. And, And where did you get? I just left it there. Okay. Well, I think juror number 12 is a very effective title, actually. I think it could be good, right? It's good. Yeah, I like it. It would be a good movie. Totally. Well, there was The Juror, which I feel like had Demi Moore in it. It sure did. But Juror number 12 would have been a better title for that movie. It also is like one of those movies with John Cusack that's called like Room 211 or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And something scary happens in that room. Anything with numbers in it is good. The prosecution's case went down the drain. I was playing around with drain. Oh, that's all right. That's pretty good, actually. Shower you with love. And blood. I got nothing. I got absolutely nothing. A big fat I hope zero. this is enjoyable for people to listen to me having zero good titles. Oh my god! You know what? I really did good a few weeks ago. I feel like, and that was my shot for the year. I'm done now. You did do really well. I'll hashtag never forget. Also, hashtag never forget. <laughs> What was my good title, though, that I had like a month ago? And it was really good. I don't know. What was Water Shoes? <laughs> it was really good, though. Okay, I had also Nevin Give Up that I had. <laughs> I love that. Oh. Shalimar, The Scent of Money. Oh. Because it is a perfume. And then I had my favorite title, which is Dueling Emmys. Congratulations, Schitt's Creek. <gasps> Schitt's Creek swept the Emmys this year. And I'm late to the ballgame. I just found out. Really? But I seriously, yeah, I just found out like a couple days ago. Oh, yeah. You're not on social media. There were so many videos of them celebrating and stuff. But their acceptance speeches warmed my heart. It was the exact show that needed to sweep it this year. If you haven't watched it on Netflix, this is not a paid advertisement. This is just a recommendation. It will make your heart smile. Yeah. And my mom loved it. Aw. It's such a great show. I've heard from several people who started watching because of us, and they are all grateful. And it deserved to win. Yeah. It deserved to win. And also the final season just happened, and it was a fantastic final season. And I love that, when a show can go out with, like, a good final season. I'm still on season four. Oh, well, I have no time for you. But <laughs> anyways, congratulations to them because they deserved it. I'm sure they're listening. They're not, but I, I'm just trying to get the word out. <laughs> Do we have tweets? Give me a tweet. Okay. Jamal gives me Kato Kalen vibes. No, sorry. Jamal says Nevin gives me Kato Kalen vibes. Don't know why. Seems like a nice guy. Yeah. A lot of people got Kato Kalen vibes. Bravo social. I think Nevin just wants to be on TV. Everyone calm down. Jane Hunter. No staging on that house. (laughs) What's that mean? When they sold the house, they didn't stage it. No, they did not stage it. Sold it as is. That furniture. Jay Mall says, Mary is one of the most logical people. She should come in as the guest medical examiner on all Dateline cases. 100%. Let's see what Mary thinks. And they would turn to Mary every time. That's so correct. Yes. Yeah. The Goblin Queen. I move into a murder house. The first thing I'm doing is salting and saging that mother. Is cleaning everything and changing all the furniture. That is right. Also, you have no power here. Is that what you're supposed to say? No, she's the Goblin Queen. Isn't that what you say to the goblin? You haven't seen Labyrinth. It's either you have no power here or you have no power over me. And I never remember which one it is. And I've been getting a lot of things wrong. So I'm going to say I'm both. 
It's close, though. She's close. It's one of those. There we go. Poppy Seed says, I guess they listed the house to sell as is. There you go, Katie. Uh Uh-huh. I was right. You had it ahead of time. 300,000. Yeah. Your lamb. Canning working the room to get homeboy to admit things were freaky with Lisa. She was. She was working overtime. Also, she was pregnant. We know that when she's pregnant, she doesn't. She gives less Fs. She told, you're so right. So she's like, I'm going to get the answer I want out of you, Nevin. I am carrying a child. I don't have time for this. Yeah. Poppy seeds. That bathroom tile gets more and more hideous every time they show it. (laughs) It's marble, y'all. I like it. I like dark tile. I did feel like it was getting bloodier as the show progressed. Oh, yeah. The blood is not good, but I did love that. Somebody said they started late. They thought it started at 10, so they missed the first hour, and they were like, what did I miss? And Jay Mall said, doctor's wife dies mysteriously, and medical examiner friend of family walks a lot. Are we going to start doing that again, where we just do the one line in the subtitle? Yes, medical examiner walks a lot. That's this one? Okay, great. Did it. Kelly Kaler, how much footage did they film of Mary walking around? And Jay Mall said... I was just saying she has to have hit her 10,000 steps at this point. Oh, yeah. Yora Lamb said, my husband keeps asking me if everyone who shows up on TV is the medium. Oh, we don't get the medium. He heard medium from across the room. He keeps feeling like he's at the medium. Is that, is that yeah. the medium? That's the best. That's great. Jay Mall said, if I'm ever on Dateline, I'm going to ask them if I can skip the obligatory walking on a bridge shot. Just let me sit. I agree. And Yora Lamb said, if Mary doesn't want my husband to think she's the medium, she should stop saying she speaks for dead people. I need to see those two. They're hilarious. That husband and wife. That's <laughs> that, really funny. I, I swear to God, I want to live in their house. She's the medium. She's the medium. No, she's not. And, and he keeps popping in. Is that the medium? Is that the medium? Derek, it's not the medium. She's not here. She just said she speaks for dead people. No, I don't. It's not her, though. No, that's not what she meant. But that's what she said. Derek, (laughs) that's not what she meant. You're either going to sit down and watch this or you're going to get out of here. That's you know, that's what happened. Oh, 100 percent. And I am loving all the jokes about Mary hitting her 10,000 steps. That is brilliant. Yeah, she never sat down. Thank you, everyone. Please consider becoming our Patreon community. I never do this. But I have been getting such positive feedback from our Robert Blake episode this month that I just want to encourage people, join Patreon, even just for a month, because people really, really liked our Robert Blake. A whole bunch of people said it's their new favorite episode. Just know that the Patreon episodes are, if you remember how we used to in our older episodes when we sort of put items in them, music or words or things like that, we do that on Patreon. So that sort of thing is more prevalent in those episodes, and they're a little jazzy, I guess we could say. They're jazz hands episodes. We also do, like, special episodes. They're also the content that Kimberly picks is fantastic for the Patreon. They're specially chosen for Patreon, so I'm trying to just tout them. She makes them as special as the subject matter deserves to be. That's it. There we go. It's a team effort, but it is worth a check out for $5 a month. Also, I'm doing recaps of The Amazing Race with Kim from People Are Wild. And that's exciting. Hopefully Katie will join. And that's worth it alone. It's fun. Check that out for sure. Also, please listen to our secondary podcast, A Date with the Bake, which is free for everyone. And I believe we just got a shout out from someone on that. So thank you. Thank you, guys. So if if you just go over and subscribe to that one, you don't even have to listen. But it's really fun. It's just like this show, but we're talking about baking instead of murder. And there's a third. And there's a third. There's Jake. And Jake's really funny. Yeah. Jake is in the bake. Man, I'm so, we're so lucky that rhymes. It's all cake. No, terrible. Is that an expression? 
Yes. It's all cake. Oh, yeah. No, that is. It's like easy as pie. It's cake. Yeah, it's cake. That means easy peasy. Yeah, I think that is an expression. Okay, great. Good. I love it. I didn't just make it up. All right. Yeah. So take care. Wear a mask. And you don't have to vote anymore. That happened already. That's over. Hopefully. You hopefully you did that part, but still wear a mask. Wash your hands. Please take care of each other. And clean your shower, people. What? They tried. It's gross. I don't think so. You ever gotten in there with a grouting, with the caulking gun? Even Andrea said it was creepy. I would if there was a murder in my shower. You would just, no, that door gets locked and you don't, that shall not pass. <laughs> you shall not pass. <laughs> That's my Gandalf. You set up the dog with the three heads from Harry Potter right at the door. So no one goes near it. Yeah. Or those statues in Never Ending Story with the ladies. Have you seen Never Ending Story? No. It scared me. They all scared you. There's like a list of them. But that one really scared me because there's quicksand. That one, Dark Crystal, Return to Oz and Labyrinth are the four. And they are. Thank you. Dark and excellent. Hard pass. Highly recommend. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye, everybody. Take care. Bye. Yes, Shalimar is, it is by Guerlain. So it's very expensive. Wow, our perfumes are so expensive. This is $350. Sex oh my gosh, that's crazy. Just let your natural pheromones fly, people. It can't smell that good. Okay, it would be better if we could harmonize. Adam, can you make it sound like I'm harmonizing? I doubt it. <laughs> but that would be really cool. I think I have to be on pitch to harmonize. do up do by the way, I had to explain to my mom who Annabelle was. Because my mom has an Annabelle wig that she didn't know was an Annabelle wig. And I was trying to explain to her what Annabelle was. The scary doll from that movie? Then I forgot that the real Annabelle is actually a Raggedy Ann doll. So that was a whole other journey. Anyways. Oh, God. I didn't note. know that. Yeah, it's a Raggedy Ann. A big one. Oh, big. I had one of those growing up. Well... Was it possessed by the devil? I mean, yeah, it had me kill a bunch of neighborhood cats, but I just thought that was normal. I'm just kidding. Why did you have to say cats? Okay. I, it was the first thing I thought of. <laughs> I feel like they're the ones that are most likely to. Oh, you know why I did it? Because someone texted me after our YouTube live chat today or messaged us and said that their mom wouldn't let their cats outside on Halloween because they were scared they would be stolen by cults, satanists who were do- doing rituals on them. And she's like, was that just my mom or was that just the satanic, satanic panic that was going on? It's still a thing. It's still a thing. Yeah. If a black cat goes missing, the first thing that even I think of is, well, it was stolen by Satanists. Oh, God. So, yeah, it's not. You do love that satanic panic. I do. Oh, crap. Now things are about the S is about to hit the fan. But I thought you were going to say F. (laughs) <laughs> the F is the S is about to hit the F. I was going to I almost did. And I was like, fan's not a cuss word. I can say fan. So I stopped myself halfway through and I said the full word. I just <laughs> did it. I went B to the W. Did you notice anything about Bob's eyebrows? A few people mentioned Bob's eyebrows. Who's Bob? Oh, Bob the, <laughs> Bob Bob the, the potential murderer. No. Okay. Like a wicking type shirt. What is a wicking it wicks the sweat away. A wick, wicka? Like a witch? Wicking. Wick, wicking what? John wicking. John wicking the sweat away? It wicks the sweat away. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Are you being like a DJ? Because that is terrifying for Halloween. 
No DJs. DJ Rumpus Room! <laughs> it's in it. It's good. DJ Freeze! DJ Wicker! <laughs> What was that Halloween in your house? I don't know. What was that sound? It's just a bang. Somebody throw something at your door? I don't know. Like a bag of poop? It's a brick with a note that says the evil child must die. Oh, great. That's from our YouTube live today. (laughs) You guys, I recanted the entire plot of Halloween 5. And it was Join our Patreon if you want to see it. It was pretty fun. so good. I, I pretty much lost my voice from it. It was delightful. My favorite thing ever. My Dr. Loomis impression.